kid. Alan, are you ready? I'm ready. Well, let's play ball. So we're just going to jump right into it here. And what is your baseball background and what are you doing right now in baseball? My baseball background, wow, that's not an easy question. Uh, I've been doing this for 29 years. So um, I played, let's see, I'll, I'll just start with high school. I played here in Los Angeles, Granada Hills High School. Uh, I played a couple years in junior college. I played at Cal State Northridge. It was my last stop. I played a little bit in the uh, Jayhawks uh, Summer League for Wichita. Uh, I was a, well, I, I got to do both. The cool thing is, is I, I was a position player in high school. Uh, I pitched in college. I, you know, I did both growing up when I was uh, in Little League. So uh, I think that's helped me a lot because I have, I've had a chance to, you know, have a really good feel for, you know, both being a pitcher and a position player. I actually played until I was about 45. So I played quite a bit pitching and hitting for another 20 plus years. Um, yeah, and I got into the mental game heavily uh, my, my, after my junior year in college. Uh, went through a very uh, difficult time, and I, it was all mental, and I was really curious what was going on with me. And so that's really what kind of was the catalyst for me getting into the mental game. And so, you know, for about the last 29 years, um, I've been doing everything from, you know, mental game, to long toss, to arm care, to, you know, being a pitching coach. Um, I got a background in yoga. So um, I think that's, you know, a decent summary in a, in a minute or so. <laughs> um, so my dad got me the J-Bands when I was like 10 years old or so. Uh, today I have other tools, of course, like the, um, like an arm uh, blade and things like that for my arm care. But when I'm at the field. I rarely see any J-bands or other arm equipment. Do you think it's the coaches, the parents, or the players' responsibility to spend time in their arm care? Oh, man, everybody. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, look, it comes down to the individual, right? It comes down to, um, you know, what what do you need to do for your career? But with that said, if you uh, are 8 or 10 years old and uh, maybe you're new to baseball or you don't know as much about it, um, I would hope at that point that uh, the coaches, you know, have done some research um, regarding arm care and whether or not they buy the equipment, they at least present um, some links and some education to the parents about arm care. Um, so it's tricky. I think the older you get, of course, the more it's the responsibility comes down to the, the individual player. Um, but I, I do think as coaches, look, um, we have many jobs, and one of them is, of course, is, is health and well-being and injury prevention. So um, I do think that uh, that's just part of um, the detail for coaches is to, you know, have a high antenna when it comes to, to health. So when we met at ABCA in Dallas last year, you gave me a uh, hashtag breathe bracelet. So why do you create <laughs> those bracelets, and why is it so important to just breathe? Oh, that's another four-hour answer for you, Sammy. Um, well, I, I would say this. Um, when you study meditation and you study um, basically just about any form of mental practice, the breath is usually the foundation 
to meditation um, for many, many reasons that I could go into great detail on. But the, the short answer is is that the breath, uh, first of all, <clears throat> excuse me, promotes so many physiological benefits to the body and the brain. Um, secondly, the breath is just a great reminder to come back to the present moment because your breathing is always happening now. So, you know, psychologically, um, it's just a great idea to like, okay, go into my breathing. Breath is happening now. That means I want to focus on the present moment. And then the last thing I'd say is that, you know, when you really think about it, um, the more in tune you are with your breathing, um, your breathing is, is an instinct. It's, it's not a thought. And, and thoughts are what generally take people into distractions and, and worry and stress in the future and the past. So if you can be in what's called a non-thinking place, an instinctive place, that's a powerful place to be. So the breath is an instinct. It's not a thought. So that's another reason. There's many, many reasons why. Um, so breathing is just one of those things. And, and it's cool because everybody talks about breathing nowadays. It's, <clears throat> it's become, I think, very common um, for people to talk about regarding the mental game. They talk about breathing. They talk about staying in the moment. So... The breathe bracelets are key because you put on your wrist, and if you forget, you look at your wrist, and you're like, okay, let me take a deep breath. So I wanted to get into another uh, topic that I heard you like to talk about also is uh, the long toss. So how do you like players to start getting into long toss? Well, long toss to me is a progression. It's like anything you do in life. There's steps. So, um, you know, if you haven't thrown a baseball for a month, um, you have to build your arm up slowly and get it into shape. So um, long toss to me sort of represents the net result of your arm being in great shape, meaning you want to build up your distance, you want to get fully stretched out or opened up with your distance before you make any aggressive or what we call linear throws. Um, so if you just said, well, define long toss, I'd say, well, long toss is really two, two main parts. One is the going out phase, what we call the stretching out phase where, again, we want the ball to have arc, and we want there to be minimal effort until you reach, you know, until you gradually go out and, and add effort to get, to get to your furthest distance. And then once you get to your furthest distance with arc, then we want you to start to lower the arc and bring the ball back in, on a, you know, slowly bring the ball back to a, a line. And so sort of that's what we call the pull-down phase or the strengthening phase. So that's sort of the, the overview of what long toss is. But... For your question, it's it's tricky because if someone said, well, it's day one of my throwing program, I don't know if I'd really call that long toss because really you might only go out to 60 to 80 feet. <laughs> so um, so I think if you said, well, how do you get into long toss shape, I'd say it's usually about a two to three week cycle for kids maybe 12 and under, and it's more like a four to five week cycle for kids that are maybe 13 and over. Um, that's about how long it takes to get into quote-unquote long toss shape, meaning you're at your furthest distance comfortably. Um, you're able to stay maybe at your furthest distance for more than one or two throws, and you're ready to start pulling down and being aggressive. That's that's a process. But that's sort of a roundabout way, I hope, of answering your question. Uh, kind of a same – it's on the topic, but what if you don't have players that can long toss as long as you can? What do you think uh, players should do in that instance? That's a great question. Number one, seek out a partner that can throw as far as you can or further. 
<laughs> that's number one. Um, number two, if there's no one else that can throw as far as you can, you can get relay people. You can get a bucket of balls. Um, so you can throw to somebody and they can just gather the balls. Um, the person that you're playing catch with, let's say you get out to, you know, 200 feet and they can only get out to 120 feet. Well, you can run up and get the ball because the ball is going to roll to you. And then you can run back. It takes a little bit of time. It's actually a great cardio workout. Um, you know, the other person can run up a little bit. It, there's a lot of ways around it. The bottom line is this. Try to find someone who's on the same page as you regarding arm strength. Um, so that's not an issue. But even if it comes down to that, there are ways around it. A bucket of balls is always going to, to do it. Uh, worst case scenario, the, the ball can roll to you. You can go get it and go back to your distance. So getting out of long toss and kind of going into the mental game, what do you think the mental game of baseball is? What, do I, what is the mental game? Um, like can the you, mental can, can game. you define what the mental game is either for you or you think it should be? Yeah, well, the definition of the mental game for me is really pretty much what are you doing for a particular set of skills to develop just like you would develop physical skills. So I think to define the mental game is to say, um, well, what is the mental game? So let's define it. That's a great question. Well, number one, to me, the mental game has two major components. The first component is sort of what's called game management. You know, how do you approach the game when you're on the field? You know, what's your strategy? What's your routine? We call it what's your process. The second part to define a mental game is, well, what are you doing every day as a practice, um, like breathing exercises to help clear your mind, to help relax your mind, to help relax your body? So that would be more of the, the, the practical side. So to me, that's defining the mental game is, is really working on the mental approach to your game, and that to me involves partly philosophy and strategy, which is game management, and, and to me partly practice. And I actually think the practice is by far the most neglected part, and I think ultimately it's maybe the most, probably is the most important part. I'd say it is the most important part. So that, that hopefully answers the question. Uh, so I'm going to have two more questions here. My uh, second to last one is how should a young player find their process? Ooh, great question. Um, the best way to find it is to identify what two or three things that you need to do to execute the best plan in this moment. So as an example, if a pitcher said to me, I don't know what my process is, how do I define it? I'd say, well, tell me about the best game you've ever pitched in your life. And they're like, okay. What, what two or three things were you doing on the mound that were enabling you to be so good? And usually it jumps out of them right away. They're like, oh, I was really relaxed. I, was, um, I remember seeing my target really well, and I remember being really committed to my target. Um, hitter may say something like, you know, oh, I was seeing the ball well. I remember my breathing was keeping me relaxed, or I just um, I really was trusting my hands. So once you can get a player to define the few things that they know incorporate their best mindset, um, including how they feel physically in their body, well then, now they know that that's their process. So let me give you a very quick example. For me, if you said, what's my process as a pitcher? I'd say, well, I want to take a deep breath because I want to 
come to the present moment. Um, I tend to do a, a decent amount of meditation, so my breathing is a big part of my meditation, so it's a reminder to relax and, and kind of get into my own bubble, my own world. Then I really like the idea of having a focal point. I feel like the focal point gives my mind somewhere to go that's very finite and very clear. And the last thing I want to do is I want to, I want to commit to that focal point. And, and, and as pitching coaches know, we talk a lot about finishing and committing and, and, and attacking. So for me, I've learned that if I take a deep breath for many reasons, if I have a focal point, which is intent, and I commit to my focal point, which is conviction, that to me defines the best pitch I can make in my life right now. And that's what I want to know. As a hitter, it would be same thing breathing. For me, it was instead of focal point, it was seeing the ball well. And instead of attacking the glove, it was hitting the ball hard. So there's still some conviction to, to it. And so now I have my process, Sammy, which is cool. These are my three things. You can tell me whatever situation you want about a game. You can tell me what time of year it is. You can tell me there's scouts in the stands. You can tell me anything you want. I've learned that if I do these three things, it's the best I can be in this moment right now. So that's how you help a player identify their process. So final question here. What is the best coaching advice you've ever gotten or you've ever, uh, or you've ever given? Oh, the best coaching advice I've ever got. I mean, it's so much, man. That is a tough question. Um, I would just say it's probably a, a smorgasbord of just taking in from uh, being around a lot of great coaches, observing them. Um, I, I think being present um, to me is about the most important skill you can have. And, and when I say being present, I mean really being a great listener, really being interested and what the person is saying without worrying about what you're going to say. Um, just being there in the moment, I think, is so powerful and, and so authentic. That's, that's another thing. So I think um, if I, it might take me a while to really think about, you know, what things I've learned, you know, from various coaches. Um, but to save some time, I would just say it's a culmination of just being around great coaches, including my, my parents, right? And, and just really sort of, them being great models. And I think that's my, one of my takeaways from my parents and teachers is just to really be present and be real. And I'd say that would be probably, you know, one of my greatest pieces of advice I could give someone um, is to just be present and, and be real. Thank you so much, Alan. Everybody go check out Alan on uh, Twitter or on Instagram. It's at Jaeger Sports. Go check him out. And thank you so much for playing ball. Hey, thanks for having me on, Sammy. I really appreciate it. I like dropping bombs, but my dad, he doesn't like dropping bucks. So, I've been beating pitchers with discount bats from closeatbats.com. Just tell Max and Roy that the Playball Kids sent you, and they'll take as good a care of you as they have me since I was in Little League. Hey, it's Sammy here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show, the algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they restore the podcast with. And don't forget to play ball, kid.